What's going on, guys? It's your boy DJ Skinless here, and welcome back to the Tubac Music Podcast. For this one, we're going to keep on breaking down that Money B live stream that he did last month, where he talked about many Tubac songs, both unreleased and released, that they did together during the early 90s. And this one's going to be a track called Scare Straight. Let's get it. Alright guys, so if you are familiar with this track, this track was actually released in 2006 on a Box Life album. However, if you guys have the actual physical copy and you resided in the United States or Europe, you most likely don't have this track on this album because this song was actually remixed and was actually on the Japanese version of this album. So the original version actually featured a different beat and featured Tubac and Ray Love going back and forth. They each share two verses in the track and Tubac also has an intro. And this song was actually meant for Tupac's debut album, Tupacless Now. So let's check out Money B breaking down his track. We met Pac in, well, at least I met him in 1988. And it was right as he was, uh, I guess he had the group Strictly Dope. Him and Ray Love was getting down real tough. Um, they were a group, but even more so than a group, you know, from the way I saw it, they were really, really close friends as well. Shout out to Ray Love, if you're out there. Um, him and Ray was tight. As a matter of fact, you know, they did, you know, during Strictly Dope and even after Strictly Dope, they did a, a whole lot of music together. Shout out to uh, Big Phil. I see he just jumped in. And a lot of people don't know that Ray Love actually wrote, tracked, he wrote most of the track. Tupac's first single. It was produced by uh, Pee Wee, my guy Pee Wee. But uh, you know him and him and Ray Love used to get down. So when Pop finally got in the studio and started recording Tupacalypse Now, and me and Fuse were recording the Raw Fusion album, we kind of had this little joke between Pac and I. Is that uh? You know, every song, obviously, Free Chain Industry was out. And Pop would be like, man, you gonna talk about fucking on every one of your records? And I was like, well, you gonna have gunshots in every one of your records? How many niggas you gonna kill in your records? Because everything was about fuck the cops and pop how and this, that, and other. So the song Scared Straight, which is out there, it's on the internet. But the original version was produced by DJ Fuse. And um, it was him and Ray Love. And actually, Ray Love starts the track. And they, they're going back and forth, if you ever heard it. And Ray and Pac is, is neck and neck. But the, you know, the whole joke of that song was at the very end, because Fuse produced it. <laughs> you know, Pac wanted the gunshots. And I was like, just put hella gunshots, because I know that's what he wanted. So... I'm gonna play a little bit of you. I'm gonna, I'm gonna skip and go towards the end so you can hear some of that record. But at the end, you hear just all these gunshots at the end. He liked it, but it was kind of like a little joke that we had going on. Check it out. So what's really crazy about this is, yeah, like I said, it was released on Pox Life, but Pox Life was a Death Row era album. So you had tracks from 95 to 96, and then randomly they threw on a 1991 track as a bonus track, and it was only for the Japanese version. Now this is a very solid remix and usually I'm iffy on remixes, right? Because I make my own remixes, but for a Tupac album, I feel like it has to be a little bit better. It has to be more true to Tupac style and it has to keep true to the elements of the overall sound production of that song as well and the layout. 
So if I was doing like a Tupac album, I wouldn't do crazy stuff like different modernized beats and different singers that he would never mess with and had in like custom hooks and stuff. I would keep it true to the actual song. So this song, they actually remixed the total beat. They removed Ray Love. So it's a very different type of vibe. It's very dark compared to the old school feel of the earlier track, the earlier version. But I feel like this is the best remix besides Dumpin' on the Box Life album. And that's kind of crazy because it wasn't even on the official track list. So it stumps me why this track actually got put on air. And then in 2007, they released Resistantation and Dauphine Steiner, both in remix form. And those tracks were also from 1991, the Tupacless Now Era album. Why didn't they just bundle these tracks together? Resistantation, Dauphine Steiner, Scare Straight, throw on some other tracks like Revenge of the Lunatic, What I Won't Do for Love, Tears of a Clown, Break Them Off Something, Number One with a Bullet. Fade Away, no parts of this, and he would have had a solid Tupacless Now 2 type album of his early days. So guys, how do you feel about this? Do you like the original? Do you like the remix? Do you feel like they should have kept Ray Love on the actual remix? You can find both of these versions on YouTube, Scare Straight. The main video that pops up is probably going to be the remix version. However, you type in Scare Straight with Ray Love, you'll find the original version. Now for me, I feel like they should release this again, bundle all the 91 tracks together again, and release the original version or release a new remix with Eminem. I think that'll be a solid feature on there as well. All right, guys, we're back with the Tubac Music Podcast. It's your boy, DJ Scanless. For this one, we're going to break down this recent Snoop Dogg interview that he did with Charlemagne the God on whether or not Eminem is in Snoop Dogg's top 10. Let's break it down. Let's get it. All right, guys, so I'm sure you guys probably stumbled across another YouTube video about this, but... I'm just going to get my overall thoughts on this whole thing. Before we get into it, let's play that clip. You got to look at what Dr. Dre was always up against. He was never like the greatest producer in the world when he was with NWA, and he was making the greatest music in the world, but they wasn't giving him that. So when he finally got a chance to get with Death Row Records and have a breath of fresh air, some new MCs and a, a new, new light, he was definitely going to show his ass. And from that point on, I feel like Dr. Dre put his stake down as like, I'm the dopest producer in hip-hop. I don't give a fuck where you from. You can't fuck with me. I can give you my track record and show you better than I could tell you. Everything I put out spent off and spent off something tremendous. And I started careers that ain't never died. So with that being said, we have a great list of producers, but they can't say that. You ain't put out a nigga from the West, a nigga from the Midwest, a nigga from the East, and all of them successful? Yeah. It's never no long list of finding talent. Every time you come out, this nigga find jewels and he make Eminem. The great white hope. White rappers had zero respect in rap. Let's keep that one foul wow. None. He has probably put Eminem in a position where he could be labeled as one of the top 10 rappers ever. I don't think so. But the game feels like he's top 10 lyricists and all that that comes with it. But that's just because he's with Dr. Dre and Dr. Dre helped him find the best Eminem that he could find. Because there's some niggas in the 80s that he can't fuck with. Like who? Like Rakim. Yes, sir. Like Big Daddy Kane. Yes, sir. Like KRS-One, like LL Cool J. Shall I go on? When you talking about this hip-hop shit that I can't live without, I can live without that. So in this, Snoop said that Eminem, the great white hope, white rappers had zero respect and rap. I feel like that's very much true because before Eminem got into the game, what, you had Marky Mark, Vanilla Ice as the main rappers that were white? 
mostly those guys were just flashes in the pan. They didn't have a very vast catalog of, say, a Dr. Dre, of a Snoop, of an Eminem, 50 Cent, whatever. They didn't have those many type of hits that these rappers had. They only had, what, Vanilla Ice's Ice Ice Baby was a hit. That was it. Flashes in the pan. So when Snoop says that white rappers had zero respect in the rap game, that's very much true because back then, it was virtually uncommon for a white rapper to be successful in rap. But then Snoop also says Dre was probably the reason as why he put Eminem in that position where he could be labeled as one of the top 10 rappers ever. And then he also goes on to say that Dr. Dre helped him find the best Eminem that he could find. Now that's very much true because what we have as many hits from Eminem early on in his career if it was for Dr. Dre's production, it's very well possible that Eminem could made the songs on say Sony, Def Jam, if he would have got signed to a different label, Eminem very well could have made these songs over different beats and with different producers. Maybe he would have went with Earth Gotti, Swiss Beats. You don't really know. DJ Premier, you don't really know. Eminem could have made hits with anybody. But Dr. Dre and his whole aura, I think, put Eminem on a pedestal very fast. It gave him a limelight very fast. So I will give him that. Dr. Dre was a main catalyst that pushed Eminem early on in his career. But that's not to take away from anything from Eminem's actual talent and lyrical ability on these records. But what's actually funny about this is Snoop goes on to say that he puts Slick Rick, KRS-One, Ice Cube, Big Daddy Kane Rock Kim before Eminem. Okay, I can understand that based on the way you're raised and maybe the way you're brought up and what era you're brought up in, maybe you have a different top 10 than anyone else. See, I don't really like getting in the whole top 10 dispute thing because it could be a different reason why you have a rapper on your top 10 list that someone else doesn't do because they just relate to you more. Their music hits at home more to you based on your life situations and things you've been through or what era you were brought up within. See, for me, I was raised on 90s music. So I love Tupac, Big Yellow, Nas. So when Big Daddy Kane and Rakim were all under prime, I basically did not exist back then. But through YouTube and through Spotify and buying their albums and whatever online and in stores still I was able to gain an understanding of their type of hip-hop and how they progressed it as artists as well but to me I'm always going to relate to 90s rap a lot more than modern rap and 80s rap that's just the way it is so I can understand from Snoop's standpoint that he likes 80s rappers more so than 90s rappers but the key thing here is that Snoop was actually on Jimmy Kimmel back in 2017 and he named his top three rappers. It was Slick Rick, Ice Cube, and Snoop Dogg. And if you're a big Eminem fan, you know that Eminem made his whole list. He didn't even have himself on his own list. But Snoop, you know, he has the balls to put himself on the list and not give praise to what Eminem, Biggie, Tupac, Nas, or anyone else like that. I can see it that Snoop thinks of hip hop and the roots of hip hop being vastly different than the way that Eminem cultivated it really, right? Because hip-hop in the 80s and 90s was mostly centered around storytelling, right? Whether it be about police brutality, be about drug dealing, be about life in the ghetto, coming up through that, coming out of it. And then when you look at Eminem's music, you could say it was more about his mother, more about rapping about pop stars and his beefs with them, rapping about popping pills. It's a very different type of category of rap, I would say. And Eminem appealed to more white fans as opposed to 90s rappers that appealed to blacks and Hispanics, right? So I can understand from that standpoint, Eminem didn't do much to boost the current state of hip-hop back then for blacks and Hispanics as well. But I see so many times that people say, 
oh, well, Eminem, he only got as big as what he was because he was white. He was able to appeal to white fans. I don't think it really matters what type of fan that you're trying to appeal to. If you're still rhyming, you still have the structure, the flow of a hip hop song. You're still storytelling. That's still hip hop to me. It doesn't matter if you're rapping to black people, brown people, white people, yellow people. It does not matter. But what I find I'm a bit hypocritical here, you know, I love Snoop. You know, and I love Snoop's records that he made with Tupac and Dre and everyone else. But what I find a little bit hypocritical here is, like I said, Snoop put himself on his own top three list. Eminem even put himself on his own top 10 list, I think. Right. But also Snoop went at him saying that Dr. Dre is the main reason why Eminem got big. Hello, Snoop. Don't you remember that Doggy Style got big because of Dr. Dre, Daz Dillinger, Death Row? You can make the case for any rapper in the game. If they didn't have this record producer, would they be as big? Would Dr. Dre be as big? If he didn't have NWA? If he didn't have Easy e If he didn't have MC Ren? You just don't know. Would DMX be as big if he didn't have Swiss Beats? Would Ja Rule be as big if he didn't have Irv Gotti? Would Tubac be as big if he didn't come on with Digital Underground when he did? Would he have even gotten noticed if Digital Underground didn't give him that chance on the same song? And you can make the case for Snoop Dogg. If Snoop Dogg didn't have Dr. Dre for Doggy Style, if Snoop Dogg didn't have his Ghost Riders, if Snoop Dogg didn't have Death Row Records, would Snoop Dogg be where he's at today? So you can't just say Eminem would not be where he's at today if there was no Dr. Dre or if Dr. Dre didn't sign it because you can make the case for any rapper in the game. And I know a lot of people are going to say it comes down to the impact on hip hop and the culture, right? I think Eminem has transcended hip hop because look, how many rappers past 96 are still in the game? Dr. Dre does not make music much anymore at all. It's like a one-off here, here, there, here's a beat, right? You can say Snoop, and the only other one is Eminem. You can say Nas, but he also doesn't have yearly releases. You can argue that Eminem has released more music in the last 10 years than he did in his first 10 years. So what rappers in the game is still hot from 96? You can only really say Eminem to have that longevity. You can say Jay-Z, maybe. Jay-Z here and there has a new album, okay? But when you look at what has happened with hip-hop since the early 2000s, I think Eminem gave rise to other white rappers, right? Because you had Marky Mark, you had Vanilla Ice, but they didn't really like make it okay for white rappers to be mainstream and be the best rappers in the game. But however, when Eminem opened that door for white rappers to rap, I think that allowed for rappers like Paul Wall to come through. And I think it helped other rappers like g Easy, NF. We won't have rappers like that today if it wasn't for Eminem. So Eminem has made a big impact on rap, whether you see it or not. Maybe he didn't make mumble rap because I feel like Soldier Boy and Lil Wayne are the main catalyst for that type of rap today. However, there's so many rappers that Eminem has inspired in the game today that are all because of him. But I feel like it's very low-key disrespectful to say that Dr. Dre is the main reason why Eminem is what he is today. And you totally ignore all the accolades, whether it's record sales, album sales, number one hit albums, I think every album Eminem put out went number one, even Revive, which is crazy. And Snoop Dogg's actually on record saying he won't fuck with Eminem because pretty much Eminem slaughtered Jay-Z on Renegade. He slaughtered Drake and everyone else on the song Forever. So Snoop does not want to get outshined on his own record. That's why we haven't seen all these songs with Snoop Dogg and Eminem. But to me, it's kind of a slight to ignore all the accolades that Eminem has. All the number one albums, all the record sales, all the people that he inspired within rap music. You can also make the case that not only Dr. Dre brought in Snoop Dogg, he also made Eminem, but also Eminem is very much responsible for the emergence of 50 Cent. And 50 Cent went on to inspire many other rappers in the game as well. 
and hold G-Unit Click in the game was very much the foundation of early 2000s rap. And for me, Snoop Dogg wouldn't even be in my top 10 either. Even though I'm a big West Coast hip hop fan, Snoop Dogg does not write his own material. There's probably some songs that Snoop Dogg wrote, but the vast majority, I feel like he has ghostwriters, whether it was RBX, Daz Dillinger, or other artists within Death Row Records. Snoop and Dre are pretty much known to having ghostwriters, and Snoop Dogg's on record admitting that many people wrote for him. And that's something you can't take away from Eminem. No one's ever come out and basically said that they wrote an Eminem song. No one's ever come out and said that they wrote a Biggie song. Only one person has ever come out and said that they wrote a Tupac song, and that was Trap from Tupac's debut album, Tupacus Now, right? And that pretty much happened because Ray Love was making the song Trap, and he threw that shit away. For whatever reason, Ray Love didn't think that song was good enough, and he threw it in the trash. Pac picked it up. He heard that shit. And that was one of the few times out of all the songs that Tupac recorded, like 600, 700 songs, that someone else wrote the song for him. But would there be a Trap today if Ray Love didn't make that song? Probably not. Ray Love didn't write and record his own vocals on that beat. Would Tupac still have fucked with that beat? We don't know. But I believe Ray Love only wrote the first verse and maybe half of the second. And all the rest of the other half of the song is by Tupac. But out of like 700 songs that Tupac has rumored to record, then the majority is written by himself. And that just shows you how of an amazing writer he was. So you got to look at it from being a top 10 rapper. You got to look at impact. You got to look at storytelling. You got to look at flow. You gotta look at relatability and you gotta look at whether they write their own shit. Dre, Snoop don't write their own shit most of the time. And it's kind of hypocritical for me to say because I'm, I love Easy E, but Easy E also had ghostwriters. So it's hard for me to put him also in my top 10 too. But anyways, guys, drop a comment below how you feel about this. Do you feel like Snoop's out of pocket here going to Eminem? You know, I don't think we'll hear a diss song or anything from Eminem. Maybe Eminem will clap back on Twitter. I don't really know. But since everyone's cool with Dre, I feel like this shit will be hashed out. I just don't get why Snoop threw Eminem under the bus here. Basically, just like a couple months ago, how he threw shade at Tupac. And you can find that video on my channel where Snoop Dogg's doing the Red Table Talk with Jada Pinkett Smith. But I really just want to know, what does Eminem have to do to be everybody's top rapper? I get it. You don't hear a lot of Eminem songs being bumped in the hood. But I feel like when you look at the white audience of hip hop, Eminem still relates to that. You know, he made a lot of white fans become hip hop fans, really. And you can't take that away from him. Just because he raps about being raised in a trailer park, he raps about domestic abuse, he raps about problems with his mother, does not just say it's not hip hop, right? Just because it's a different type of rap. And for Eminem to still be in the game today, still making hits, whether or not you like the song or not, whether you think it's too lyrical and not storytelling driven like it used to be, He's still making hits. He's still on top of the charts. That just proves that he's one of the best. You know, I love Rakim. I love KRS-One. But you don't see them out right now. And even in the 90s, when Tupac came in the game, Eazy-E came in the game, Biggie came in the game, those rappers found it hard to eat. They found it hard to still get a plate in the hip-hop game. Yeah, Big Daddy Kane, you had an MC Hammer doing songs with Tupac to get noticed more. Now, don't get me wrong. I fuck with more songs from 80s and 90s rappers than I do with Eminem. I still love Eminem's workout songs. I still feel like Eminem's one of the greatest lyricists of all time. And I still feel like he's made a big impact on hip-hop music in general. Maybe it's just Snoop being salty. I don't know. Because pretty much when Eminem came along, Dr. Dre and his whole team were all working with Eminem more so than Snoop Dogg. So I definitely feel like there's some type of animosity there. But like I said, guys, drop your comments below how you feel about this. Do you feel like Eminem is a guest 
in hip hop's house? You feel like he's earned his stripes? Let me know. This is DJ Skill signing out. Peace out.